Viewpoint on Mormonism, the program that examines the teachings of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints from a biblical perspective. Viewpoint on Mormonism is sponsored by Mormonism Research Ministry. Since 1979, Mormonism Research Ministry has been dedicated to equipping the body of Christ with answers regarding the Christian faith in a manner that expresses gentleness and respect. And now, your host for today's Viewpoint on Mormonism. Welcome to this edition of Viewpoint on Mormonism. I'm your host, Bill McKeever, founder and director of Mormonism Research Ministry. And with me today is Eric Johnson, my colleague at MRM. Eric, you and I both take very seriously a lot of the criticism that we receive for speaking out on things that we feel are incorrect when it comes to the theology of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And there are many Latter-day Saints who express their disagreement with us. Many times they will express that disagreement in charging us with perhaps taking something out of context, though I'm pleased to say that that's very rare. We don't normally get a lot of letters that do that, but we do get some that just don't like what we do at all. They feel that for some reason, even though they would probably support us in doing so, when they go on in their objections, they tend to show they really don't support us in doing so. And one of them comes in an email that we received at MRM by a man named Thomas, who we assume is a faithful Latter-day Saint by the things that he says. And even though we've done this before in past shows where we go through a lot of their criticisms, we want to show Christian listeners that sometimes the way these criticisms are framed are probably not very effective and at times can even look a bit hypocritical. So we wanted to go through Thomas's email, which is quite lengthy. Normally, when they're short criticisms, we can tackle them in what we call our Fan Mail Friday shows, but this is much longer and needs a little bit more time. So we're going to go through this email and hopefully show some bad argumentation that is being raised. Bill, this is how he starts off. I'm interested in understanding your reasons for waging a campaign against the LDS Church. You are certainly entitled to do so, and I have no great objection to it. But what I do wonder is why you do. Now, this is a common question that we are often asked. Why do you do it? As if somehow raising questions about a religious belief is off limits? Of course, that's not true. People have been arguing and counter-arguing religious points as far back in history that we can imagine. It's not unusual. But sometimes, however, when you feel like the arguments being raised are pointing at you as an individual and what you believe, then, of course, they are going to be upset about this because nobody likes their truth claims being challenged. That is just a common position that most human beings take. We don't like having our truth claims challenged, even when it comes to the subject of religion. Right off the top, he's questioning our motivation for why we do what we do at Mormonism Research Ministry. It's fascinating, and I think if you listen to the rest of this week as we're going to be covering this letter— he says, you're certainly entitled to do so, waging a campaign against the LDS Church, but I think you're going to see very clearly, he doesn't think that we have every right to do it, and he does take great objection to what we do. So what we are seeing here is he seems to be disingenuous 
in that kind of a claim. It's like, yeah, you can do it. Go ahead. I'm all for it. But at the same time, he's showing that we probably shouldn't be doing it because he's going to assume a lot of things in our motives and even in some of the things that we present that he feels is not fair. The word that has oftentimes been used over the years for people like Bill and myself would be the term anti-Mormon, a person who would be against other people. And we don't like that term. In fact, we're not even supposed to use that term according to the current president of the church, Russell M. Nelson. We should explain why, because there's really no such thing as a Mormon anymore. You're not supposed to use that word to describe yourself if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So you would think if there are no Mormons, then you can't be an anti-Mormon. But you're right, Eric, we've always disliked that label. And even though this person will basically accuse us of being like that, it's not really what we're doing. We are addressing the subject of Mormonism. Now, certainly there are Mormons that believe in Mormonism, and they can take that personally, but we are really focusing, and I I mean that in all sincerity, we put most of our focus on the doctrines and history of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which historically has been encompassed with the word Mormonism. And now we're not allowed to use that word any longer. Yeah, when he says waging a campaign against the LDS Church, when I first read that, I'm thinking waging a war. I mean, it sounds very negative, waging a campaign. Now, certainly, for us to be able to explain evangelical Christianity the way that we believe it, we're going to have to first deal with the issue of Mormonism, because I can't expect to be able to go to a Latter-day Saint and start explaining Christianity without at least dealing with that topic of why Mormonism and Christianity are not synonymous terms. But as I wrote in the book, Introducing Christianity to Mormons, the main purpose of that book would be to deal with the issue of Mormonism already and somebody who's thinking about possibly leaving or open at least to the ideas of what evangelical Christianity has to offer and then be able to present Christianity. But I can't do that without first addressing the elephant in the room. You're right. If there are presuppositions that are involved, it becomes necessary in order to have a good conversation, you must address those presuppositions. There's no way you can ignore it. If a person was a clean slate regarding the topic that you want to share, that wouldn't be necessary. But we're not dealing with clean slates here. The Latter-day Saints come to the table with ideas that need to be challenged in many cases because we see those views as being opposed or the opposite of what we see in the Bible. But he goes on to say there are many other spiritual doctrines in the world that you might rail against, but what is it about this one that hits a nerve for you? He's right. There are many other spiritual doctrines in the world that we could rail against, but that's not really the focus of our ministry. It would be wrong, for instance, to, let's say, criticize a pro-life group. And there are Mormon pro-life groups and accuse them, well, why aren't you dealing with these subjects? Well, that's what they are focusing on. This is what we are focusing on. We all have our personal reasons why we want to minister, and that's the word we would use because we are ministering to them. We are sharing what we believe to be gospel truth with the LDS people that they need to hear. Yeah, there's a lot of topics in our fallen world that can be addressed, But that's not the focus of our attention. So to bring that up as if somehow we should be spreading ourselves so thin on all these other topics is not really fair. 
Bill, there's a logical fallacy. It's called the red herring, and it's making you go off the trail. And that immediately is what I think of when he says, well, why don't you do this? We have that kind of argumentation used on the streets. Well, why aren't you doing this with the Muslims? Why aren't you doing this with Jehovah's Witnesses? Well, I happen to be standing outside a temple open house, and so it makes no sense for me to to try to bring out issues involving Islam. But everybody has a people group that they might have a special affinity for. And for you and I, Bill, we moved to Utah from Southern California because we love the Mormon people. So to try to get off the trail by using that, I, I don't think that's fair. That's not your business for why I decided I wanted to dedicate my life to the people who are called the Latter-day Saints. He goes on to say, is Mormonism impinging on you in any way? Now, this is a question that I've been asked before, or maybe it's not really even a question. It's more of an accusation that I've heard from some Latter-day Saints. Oh, you, you just don't like us because we're stealing people from your churches. I don't know really of any cases like that, though I'm sure that a lot of the people who joined the LDS Church may have had some background in some Christian denomination prior to their membership in the LDS Church. But that's not the reason why I do what I do. I'm not doing this because I fear that somehow someone that goes to my congregation is going to leave and then join the LDS Church. If that were to happen, I would certainly feel sad for that individual because I think they're leaving what I believe to be New Testament truth and exchanging that for something that I believe is not. So I would feel some compassion for them, but they're not in really impinging on me in any personal way. I'm going to answer that a little differently, because I think Mormonism is impinging on me because it's claiming to be true Christianity. And there are 16 million people, at least that's what the LDS Church says, who follow uh, Joseph Smith, who follow, I believe, a false prophet. And it bothers me, so many nice people, because Latter-day Saints generally are nice people, who are believing what I think is a lie. And I might be wrong. I have to admit that there's a, there's a possibility that I'm deluded, then that is the prerogative of the Latter-day Saints, and they need to show me why it's true, and I'm going to show why I don't think it's true. But So in that sense, there are a lot of people who have taken this religion and live it and to the best of their ability, and then realize they can never do everything that this religion says they're supposed to do. Well, perhaps the way you're answering that question might be more uh, within the context of what he is trying to say here, because the very next sentence is this. I'm going to read both sentences so we get the gist of what he may be saying. Is Mormonism impinging on you in any way, or do you feel a duty to save LDS followers from a false doctrine? Now, I would argue that second question, yes, absolutely, absolutely. I do feel that I have a responsibility in having this gospel that I have from the New Testament, that if someone does not share the truths of that gospel, I have a responsibility to share the truth of the gospel, I believe, with those who I think may have a false understanding of the gospel, or really a quote-unquote false gospel. Uh, Paul says in the book of Romans, blessed are the feet of those who bring good news. 
I wouldn't say we are going to save LDS followers. That's Jesus's job. True. That's not my job. Absolutely. As you like to say all the time, Bill, we're only in sales. God's in production. So I think, though, the Bible's very clear that we're supposed to always have an answer for everyone who asks us to give the reason for the hope we have, to do it with gentleness and respect, to keep a clear conscience. And I think I'm not going to save a person, but I'm going to do my best to explain why I think, A, Mormonism is not true. B, biblical Christianity is a much better alternative. Well, if I might just respond with a statement from Bruce McConkie, who was a Mormon apostle, died in the mid-1980s. He came out and said this. He said, if we believe false doctrine, we will be condemned. If that belief is on basic and fundamental things, it will lead us astray and we will lose our souls. He cites Nephi from the Book of Mormon, who said, And all those who preach false doctrines, woe, woe, woe be unto them, saith the Lord God Almighty, for they shall be thrust down to hell. Second Nephi 28.15 This clearly means that people who teach false doctrine in the fundamental and basic things will lose their souls. The nature and kind of being that God is, is one of those fundamentals, said Bruce McConkie. Why is it that we can agree with what McConkie says here, but yet if we implement our agreement by doing something about it, we are criticized for doing that? See, that's the inconsistency that sometimes I struggle with when we get emails like this. Tomorrow we're going to continue looking at this email from Thomas, who's not too happy with what we're doing at Mormonism Research Ministry. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information regarding Mormonism Research Ministry, we encourage you to visit our website at www.mrm.org, where you can request our free newsletter, Mormonism Researched. We hope you will join us again as we look at another viewpoint on Mormonism.